Part 2 of Chapter 17 of Pilot's Handbook This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Arthur Flavel Pilot's Handbook of Aeronautical Knowledge by the FAA Part 2 of Chapter 17 Aeronautical Decision-Making The Pave Checklist Another way to mitigate risk is to perceive hazards. By incorporating the PAVE checklist into pre-flight planning, the pilot divides the risks of flight into four categories. Pilot in Command, PIC, Aircraft, Environment, and External Pressures, PAVE, which form part of a pilot's decision-making process. With the PAVE checklist, pilots have a simple way to remember each category to examine for risk prior to each flight. Once a pilot identifies the risks of a flight, he or she needs to decide whether the risk or combination of risks can be managed safely and successfully. If not, make the decision to cancel the flight. If the pilot decides to continue with the flight, he or she should develop strategies to mitigate the risks. One way a pilot can control the risks is to set personal minimums for items in each risk category. These are limits unique to that individual pilot's current level of experience and proficiency. For example, the aircraft may have a maximum crosswind component of 15 knots listed in the Aircraft Flight Manual, AFM, and the pilot has experience with 10 knots of direct crosswind. It could be unsafe to exceed a 10-knot crosswind component without additional training. Therefore, the 10-knots crosswind experience level is that pilot's personal limitation until additional training with a Certificated Flight Instructor, CFI, provides the pilot with additional experience for flying in crosswinds that exceed 10 knots. One of the most important concepts that safe pilots understand is the difference between what is legal in terms of the regulations and what is smart or safe in terms of pilot experience and proficiency. P equals pilot in command, PIC. The pilot is one of the risk factors in a flight. The pilot must ask, am I ready for this trip in terms of experience, recency, currency, physical and emotional condition? The I am safe checklist provides the answers. A equals aircraft. What limitations will the aircraft impose upon the trip? Ask the following questions. Is this the right aircraft for the flight? Am I familiar with and current in this aircraft? Aircraft performance figures in the AFM are based on a brand new aircraft flown by a professional test pilot. Keep that in mind while assessing personal and aircraft performance. Is this aircraft equipped for the flight? Instruments, lights, navigation and communications equipment adequate? Can this aircraft use the runways available for the trip with an adequate margin of safety under the conditions to be flown? Can this aircraft carry the planned load? Can this aircraft operate at the altitudes needed for the trip? Does this aircraft have sufficient fuel capacity with reserves for trip legs planned? Does the fuel quantity delivered match the fuel quantity ordered? V equals environment. 
Weather. Weather is a major environmental consideration. Earlier, it was suggested pilots set their own personal minimums, especially when it comes to weather. As pilots evaluate the weather for a particular flight, they should consider the following. What are the current ceiling and visibility? In mountainous terrain, consider having higher minimums for ceiling and visibility, particularly if the terrain is unfamiliar. Consider the possibility that the weather may be different than forecast. Have alternative plans and be ready and willing to divert should an unexpected change occur. Consider the winds at the airports being used and the strength of the crosswind component. If flying in mountainous terrain, consider whether there are strong winds aloft. Strong winds in mountainous terrain can cause severe turbulence and downdrafts and be very hazardous for aircraft even when there is no other significant weather. Are there any thunderstorms present or forecast? If there are clouds, is there any icing, current, or forecast? What is the temperature dew point spread and the current temperature at altitude? Can descent be made safely all along the route? If icing conditions are encountered, is the pilot experienced at operating the aircraft's de-icing or anti-icing equipment? Is this equipment in good condition and functional? For what icing conditions is the aircraft rated, if any? Terrain. Evaluation of terrain is another important component of analyzing the flight environment. To avoid terrain and obstacles, especially at night or in low visibility, Determine safe altitudes in advance by using the altitude shown on VFR and IFR charts during pre-flight planning. Use maximum elevation figures, MEFs, and other easily obtainable data to minimize chances of an in-flight collision with terrain or obstacles. Airport. What lights are available at the destination and alternate airports? VASI or PAPI or ILS glide slope guidance? Is the terminal airport equipped with them? Are they working? Will the pilot need to use the radio to activate the airport lights? Check the notices to airmen, NOTAMs, for closed runways or airports. Look for runway or beacon lights out, nearby towers, etc. Choose the flight route wisely. An engine failure gives the nearby airports supreme importance. Are there shorter or obstructed fields at the destination and or alternate airports? Airspace. If the trip is over remote areas, are appropriate clothing, water, and survival gear on board in the event of a forced landing? If the trip includes flying over water or unpopulated areas with a chance of losing visual reference to the horizon, the pilot must be prepared to fly IFR. Check the airspace and any temporary flight restriction, TFRs, along the route of flight. Nighttime. Night flying requires special consideration. If the trip includes flying at night over water or unpopulated areas with a chance of losing visual reference to the horizon, the pilot must be prepared to fly IFR. Will the flight conditions allow a safe emergency landing at night? Pre-flight all aircraft lights, interior and exterior, for a night flight. Carry at least two flashlights, one for exterior pre-flight and a smaller one that can be dimmed and kept nearby. E equals external pressures. 
external pressures are influences external to the flight that create a sense of pressure to complete a flight, often at the expense of safety. Factors that can be external pressures include the following. Someone waiting at the airport for the flight's arrival. A passenger the pilot does not want to disappoint. The desire to demonstrate pilot qualifications. The desire to impress someone. Probably the two most dangerous words in aviation are, watch this. The desire to satisfy a specific personal goal. Get home-itis, get there-itis, and let's-go-itis. The pilot's general goal completion orientation. Emotional pressure associated with acknowledging that skill and experience levels may be lower than a pilot would like them to be. Pride can be a powerful external factor. Managing external pressures. Management of external pressure is the single most important key to risk management because it is the one risk factor category that can cause a pilot to ignore all the other risk factors. External pressures put time-related pressure on the pilot and figure into a majority of accidents. The use of Personal Standard Operating Procedures, SOPs, is one way to manage external pressures. The goal is to supply a release for the external pressures of a flight. These procedures include, but are not limited to, allow time on a trip for an extra fuel stop or to make an unexpected landing because of weather. Have alternate plans for a late arrival or make backup airline reservations for must-be-there trips. For really important trips, plan to leave early enough so that there would still be time to drive to the destination. Advise those who are waiting at the destination that the arrival may be delayed. Know how to notify them when delays are encountered. Manage passengers' expectations. Make sure passengers know that they might not arrive on a firm schedule, and if they must arrive by a certain time, they should make alternative plans. Eliminate pressure to return home, even on a casual day flight, by carrying a small overnight kit containing prescriptions, contact lens solutions, toiletries, or other necessities on every flight. The key to managing external pressure is to be ready for and accept delays. Remember that people get delayed when traveling on airlines, driving a car, or taking a bus. The pilot's goal is to manage risk, not create hazards. Refer to figure 17-6. Human behavior. Studies of human behavior have tried to determine an individual's predisposition to taking risk and the level of an individual's involvement in accidents. In 1951, a study regarding injury-prone children was published by Elizabeth Metchum Fuller and Helen B. Bond of the University of Minnesota. The study was comprised of two separate groups of second-grade students. Fifty-five students were considered accident repeaters, and 48 students had no accidents. Both groups were from the same school of 600, and their family demographics were similar. The accident-free group showed a superior knowledge of safety, were considered industrious and cooperative with others, but were not considered physically inclined. The accident-repeater group had better gymnastic skills, were considered aggressive and impulsive, demonstrated rebellious behavior when under stress, were poor losers, and liked to be the center of attention. One interpretation of this data 
an adult predisposition to injury stems from childhood behavior and environment, leads to the conclusion that any pilot group should be comprised only of pilots who are safety-conscious, industrious, and cooperative. Clearly, this is not only an inaccurate inference, it is impossible. Pilots are drawn from the general population and exhibit all types of personality traits. Thus, it is important that good decision-making skills be taught to all pilots. Historically, the term pilot error has been used to describe an accident in which an action or decision made by the pilot was the cause or a contributing factor that led to the accident. This definition also includes the pilot's failure to make a correct decision or take proper action. From a broader perspective, the phrase human factors related more aptly describes these accidents. A single decision or event does not lead to an accident, but a series of events and the resultant decisions together form a chain of events leading to an outcome. In his article, Accident-Prone Pilots, Dr. Patrick R. Valetti uses the history of Captain Everyman to demonstrate how aircraft accidents are caused more by a chain of poor choices rather than one single poor choice. In the case of Captain Everyman, after a gear-up landing accident, he became involved in another accident while taxiing a Beach 58P Baron out of the ramp. Interrupted by a radio call from the dispatcher, Everyman neglected to complete the fuel cross-feed check before taking off. Everyman, who was flying solo, left the right fuel selector in the cross-feed position. Once aloft and cruising, he noticed a right roll tendency and corrected with aileron trim. He did not realize that both engines were feeding off the left wing's tank, making the wing lighter. After two hours of flight, the right engine quit when every man was flying along a deep canyon gorge. While he was trying to troubleshoot the cause of the right engine's failure, the left engine quit. Every man landed the aircraft on a river sandbar, but it sank into 10 feet of water. Several years later, every man flew a de Havilland Twin Otter to deliver supplies to a remote location. When he returned to home base and landed, the aircraft veered sharply to the left, departed the runway, and ran into a marsh 375 feet from the runway. The airframe and engines sustained considerable damage. Upon inspecting the wreck, Accident investigators found the nose wheel steering tiller in the fully deflected position. Both the after takeoff and before landing checklist required the tiller to be placed in the neutral position. Every man had overlooked this item. Now, is every man accident prone or just unlucky? Skipping details on a checklist appears to be a common theme in the preceding accidents. While most pilots have made similar mistakes, these errors were probably caught prior to a mishap due to extra margin, good warning systems, a sharp co-pilot, or just good luck. What makes a pilot less prone to accidents? The successful pilot possesses the ability to concentrate, manage workloads, monitor, and perform several simultaneous tasks. Some of the latest psychological screenings used in aviation test applicants for their ability to multitask measuring both accuracy as well as the individual's ability to focus attention on several subjects simultaneously. The FAA oversaw an extensive research study on the similarities and dissimilarities of accident-free pilots and those who were not. 
The project surveyed over 4,000 pilots, half of whom had clean records, while the other half had been involved in an accident. Five traits were discovered in pilots prone to having accidents. These pilots have disdain toward rules, have very high correlation between accidents on their flying records and safety violations on their driving records, frequently fall into the thrill and adventure-seeking personality category, are impulsive rather than methodical and disciplined, both in their information gathering and in the speed and selection of actions to be taken, a disregard for and underutilization of outside sources of information, including co-pilots, flight attendants, flight service personnel, flight instructors, and air traffic controllers. End of Part 2 of Chapter 17